You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan Whites. Greetings and welcome to the BH Photography Podcast. Before we get into today's show, the BH Photography Podcast Facebook group we've been yapping about. It's live and we've been getting a lot of people signing up and joining, and pictures are already being posted and questions are being questioned and everything else. It's up and running. It's a lot of fun. It's the BH Photography Podcast Facebook group. Head on over. You could find it on Facebook. You could find it on our website. It's easy. Also, a special thank you to Art Nelson of Art Nelson Photography, who took the time to leave a really, really nice comment about the show and what we do here on our SpeakPipe widget. So uh, if you'd like to actually talk to us in person, <laughs> leave us a message, and uh, we do really appreciate it. Anyway, uh, today's subject is medium format portraiture, and joining us in the studio are photographer Mark Mann and our very own Corey Rice. Mark has photographed more celebrities and iconic personalities than we can even think about here. Who's the last famous person you shot? Or at least photographed? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hugh Grant. Okay, there you go. You Grant. Okay, okay. He's famous. He's good. No, that's a lie. <laughs> uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott from Parks and Rec last week. Cool. Okay, all right. all right. We'll forgive you for that fib. Wait, hang on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's just say that if you've seen somebody on TV in the movies, Mark has most likely photographed them. A uh, little background. Mark was born in Glasgow. He's a graduate of the prestigious Manchester Polytechnic. And before setting out to set the world on fire, he assisted none other than photographers Nick Knight and Miles Aldridge. His commercial clients include Reebok, Adidas, Hennessy, Bombay, Sapphire, Pepsi, Gillette, Vitamin Water, the NHL, Zumba, Ford, and Chrysler. And he recently spent a year photographing men range, range and he recently spent a year photographing men ranging in age from one through eighty for a special issue of Esquire magazine celebrating the magazine's 80th anniversary. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Can I just say this is super weird? I'm sitting in a little dark room. With a whole lot of guys. <laughs> with microphones, headphones, and we're all staring at you. And I, I feel like we should be playing poker. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's during the break. Right. Okay. <laughs> he saw the cards. <laughs> anyway, um, I'd be amiss if I failed to mention that uh, Mark was one of the personalities involved uh, in, the, in Corey and John's What is Photography project, which has received much well-received attention over the past few months. But more on that later on. Okay, let's start talking. What'd you learn from Nick Knight? Uh, <laughs> what didn't I learn from Nick Knight? I was an intern for Nick for a little while. Um, this is Nick of the famous UK fashion photographer who yeah. mentored a whole generation of folks. Yeah, and uh, he chose me to come and intern with him. And I, I get down to Richmond in London and... Uh, Day one, um, basically, these guys, they're still in Paris, but he asked me if I can do casting photos for a job he's doing for Dylon, um, which is a dye company. And basically, I went to a studio, I was given a Polaroid camera, I mean, a literal Polaroid camera, and um, about 100 young ladies came in, and they all had to put on these tight shorts, 
and because the ad was going to be um, a lady opening her tight shorts and revealing the new color of her underwear. Mm-hmm. So my first thing that I ever did was Nick was for Nick was photograph a hundred women's underwear. All right. And I thought, you know, this could be a profession that I'm interested in. <laughs> you know, that's the interview point. process here as well. It's <laughs> interesting. I, saw that. I was wondering where we got that from. <laughs> but uh, no, what did I learn from Nick? I mean, you know, he he is a groundbreaking icon of our trade who has been working consistently and creatively for a long, long time. And I suppose when, when when I did spend some time with him, it was almost 25 years ago. And even at that point, he was just just doing it his way, doing what he wanted to do. Um, he really encouraged me to shoot 10 by 8, which nearly bankrupted me in my <laughs> final year of college. Um, and the last thing he told me to, the last thing he said to me when I was leaving, he shook my hand and gave me a hug. He said, Mark, you are a lovely, lovely guy, but you're far too nice to be a photographer. <laughs> Is there anything else you might want to do? Wow. And you said? <laughs> he said, but how else am I going to get on the B&H Photography Podcast? But let me tell you, that sticks with me, you know, yeah. um, not not in a negative way. But in a very positive, driven way, as as does any negative feedback I've ever got. Mm. You know, I very much now in a position where I just turn it around, and go, "You're wrong. I'm right. I'm going to do it this way." Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, it sounds I'm like that. With it. You mentioned that you know he's at that age and at that probably still today doing things his way. Correct. So there you go. I mean, yeah. you learn that too, yeah. right? I mean. Yeah. And, and it was a very, very positive experience for a young boy. I wish I had been a little older, a little more mature. I might have been able to take more advantage of it. Um, I think we're all guilty of that though. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I look back and I kick myself mercilessly. It's like I got calluses on my backside from doing that. Uh, you should, hmm. you know, you, you can't kick yourself. You just learn from it. You just say, okay, so I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but try try not to have any regrets. Just think how I could do how I could have done it differently and potentially do it differently in the future to make it better. I think it's interesting they said you're far too nice. I, I <laughs> it's interesting. There, there, I've I've met a lot of photographers and there were a lot of personalities out there. No no two ways about Definitely. it. But I wouldn't say that a majority of the photographers out there are are, are characters who are difficult to work with, at least not a vast majority of them. I would agree, and I don't really see any benefits. No. And if anything, if you know that, that you're nicer than the rest of them, that's a good tool to have to work moving forward. Yeah, but then you hear about, you know, some of the people that I respect and admire think do amazing work, and, you know, you you just hear about, you you know, you hear stories about them. Listen, and if that's your process and that's how you get from A to B... I'm not going to tell you you're right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what I was going to say. Is that part of your process? Is that whole setup and getting comfortable in the studio and totally. with the people around you part of how you get 100%. where you need to go? Yeah. And for me, I've just, you know, it, you know, if somebody comes into the studio and I'm chatting with them or whatever and I say, hey, you want a coffee? I'm not going to turn around to, to like the assistant and say, hey, can you get so-and-so a coffee? I'm going to go walk and get it. And I think that, um, you know, I think that de-arms a lot of people. Um, put some, not on the back foot, but just, just make something, oh, this, you know, there, there's no airs and graces here. So, you know, I definitely use that a lot. And it's also how I behave, try to behave in life. So why would that be different from how I am on set? I know from my own personal experience, I had two or three assignments where I was told by the person who gave me the job, he says, you know, you were up against so-and-so and I, big names, he says, you got it because they are a pain in the ass to have to be with for two weeks straight. We could deal with you. 
So, yeah, it makes a difference, your personality. You can't be too cocky in that way. I, I think so. Um, and, you know, with today's market and today's budgets and the way things are, I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think you get away with it too much anymore. What, oh, no. about, what about like, uh, how do you want to call it, like power plays on, on set when you're working with big name people, never gonna big happen. people, something getting... Ne- never going never gonna to ever get into power play yeah. with somebody. And what about... If they just don't want to do what you're doing, fine, you walk away. And I mean, <laughs> I'm never going to ask somebody to do something ridiculous. And I think, I think, I think, I think some people, you know, some people that it's just, I'm going to have a discussion, you know, beforehand with hey, what do you guys want. And if some, I mean, the power play may come between me and a creative director or me. Like you know what? Well, if you want that, you can ask him. But I'm not asking him that. I'm going to work with this guy again one day, and I, 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 it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that that process then of, of actually getting to the job. I mean, who? And I'm sure everything is different. Obviously, when you're shooting Obama, it's a lot different. But let's say it's a, a celebrity, and uh, who approaches you first? Who do you speak to? Creative directors, publicists. How does that all kind of work itself out? Um, but you know, like for like an editorial job, you know, you get a call from a magazine, magazine will say, Hey, we want you to do this and you're available this day to do this. And yeah, I'm available. Uh, my first, first thing that I'm always going to reach out to is can I have a creative call? Can yes. I know what the creative is? That's my first, you know, um, because I, I don't want, I don't want to commit to doing something I can't deliver on. That's you know. very important because, you know, qu- quite often I'd say it's probably true to a lot of people, especially starting out, you get a call, you get an assignment, and you go, wow, I got the job and you're out there. But you didn't say, what do you guys, what's your point of view on this whole thing? Oh. You can go out there and shoot a whole thing that has nothing to do. The whole mood is different from what they want to do. Yeah. That's real important, I would say. Yeah. And how often are you given directions as far as that mood or how often do they just say we're hiring you f- because of you. No, they've always got an opinion. Uh, I was talk- I was listening to a speaker the other day at Sundance, uh, director, and he said something so fantastic. And he turned around and he said, you know, if I'm on set or and somebody has an idea um, and it's a good idea, they don't get credit for it. I do. <laughs> Nobody watches the movie and goes, wow, that scene, that must have been that DP that had that great idea, <laughs> you know. And if it's a bad idea, I just don't do it. But if it's a good idea, I get credit. So, you know, why wouldn't you listen to opinion? Why wouldn't you listen to what other people are suggesting? You know, I have a pretty good sense of what works, what doesn't work. But the bottom line, other people, other people in this industry have been doing things a long time and have great ideas and great thoughts and great suggestions. And I am open to you on set because you know what? It's going to make me look better. Sure. But they did call you because of the work way you work and your style. Nah, because I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that was my ploy. <laughs> I made it up in volume. Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> interested in this too. We, we spoke about this when we, we were shooting for the What is Photography project and you're talking you're telling the story of the obama shoot and how little time you had to actually shoot him when Mm. he came in it was Mm. a sort of lickety split sort of thing how do you engage with a sitter that when you're you know you only have a couple of minutes to get an image you know obama's a a great example um you know i I start taking photographs and i realize that i haven't actually even said hello so i i kind of drop the camera you know, down and 
start walking towards them. Yeah. <laughs> and the Secret Service are approaching me from my I was just going to say, did you get like the clicks, like the cocks yeah. of the guns and stuff like, like that? Yeah, just like, whoa. <laughs> and I, I just went up to him and I opened my mouth and I just blathered some nonsense like, Mr. President, it's such an honor as an immigrant to this country to be in your house and to take this photograph for Esquire magazine. I can't tell you how grateful I am. What about that? And he just... <laughs> was Hank, he had his vest for you? I mean, it was honestly, I mean, I, you know, I took a lot of crap often, but this was just some kind of stream of consciousness that didn't appear to be coming out of my mouth. Uh, you know, apparently, in retrospect, it didn't sound as bad as I thought it did at the time <laughs> I was saying it. And, uh, you know, he looked at me, he said, oh, thank you very much. It's really nice to have you here. And I stepped back and pulled up the camera and took a few frames. And for these few frames, I had his attention you know mm-hmm. I, I knew he knew i was there i knew he was there and then you just see like the eyes glaze and he's in his next meeting or he's like thinking about what he's going to have for lunch or right. you know but for that 30 seconds i was there and it's because I, I think it's because i was honest and because i was authentic and i think i just amused him yeah <laughs> so you know Self, uh, self, uh, what's the word? De- deprecation. De- de- self <laughs> yeah, deprecation. <laughs> self deprecation is something I use a lot because, yeah. especially in the times that we're living in, you know, you got to be extremely careful not to offend people. And I do not want to offend people. I want people right on the edge of being offended or not realizing that what I'm saying is so offensive. But. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely careful. I'm definitely careful in my speech. I'm definitely careful with so self-deprecation. You can get away with so much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. And it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about that first job? That I don't know what phrase I want to use, but that you know, you felt it was a breakthrough, or it was it led to the next bigger job. Was there anything that you can look back on in, in that it, sense? It's been such a slow <laughs> grind. Yeah, a I mean, very but, but the steep amount of people hill. you photographed over the years is just insane. I know, I mean, but you know, yeah. it's like I, I'm I'm super super fortunate in so many ways. But there's never been like the you know the the kind of the big the big the big mm-hmm. oh this is the one. Yeah. It's always been this kind of like very slow, steady uphill. Well, when, walk. You, when you look back though, when you see the body of work, yeah. You should, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's this what you know. I definitely say to some people sometimes when people have been really tough on themselves, like you know, turn around sometimes, look at how far you've come, mm-hmm. and you know, give yourself a pat on the back and. That's a healthy attitude to have. I, a, I, think I try and do it myself. You I mean, to. you know, when I'm when I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm talking to my wife about maybe driving Uber three nights a week to get a <laughs> pay for stuff. No, you know, you know we're joking. I look back, I look back yeah. down the hill and go, "Yep, it's a steep hill, but I still need the Uber." It's it's easy to joke. <laughs> no, it's easy to joke about that, but I, I think that when you are a freelance, especially in the creative world. Okay. That's something that's always on your head because you can't relax. You could have a year of solid work and 80 zillion covers and everything else, but you know what? You still have to be thinking forward and you still have to be preparing and keeping yourself fresh. And I would say most people in nine to five jobs don't have to have that challenge. Yes, you have to perform. Yes, you have to deliver, but you're not a performing dog. But a lot more now. Um, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about me as a freelancer, but so many of people I know that seem to be in these 
very steady creative roles, you know, in magazines. I mean, they've all, you know, magazine creative directors, magazine photo editors, magazine designers. I mean, you know, there's just, just been slaughter. Um, so, you know, even people who I, I thought were in very secure positions are like, yeah, I'm out of a job. I mean, all my friends that worked at Time Inc. and, you know, so I, I we agree. got a couple I, here. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 def, I definitely agree with you. For me, it's always been like that. Mm. But for a lot of people in our industry and around our industry, it's starting to be more and more. It's like, yeah, I'm here, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know what next month's yeah. going to bring. Yeah. Well, you know, we did a show yeah. a few. How often do you do you shoot? Can I, I'm sorry, yeah, like yeah. how often do you? I mean, Take I know photographs. It's a, yeah, would you say I mean, on average, like a, a big shoot, a, a celebrity shot? I would say I. If I don't pick up my camera to do something that I'm being paid for once a week, mm -hmm. I'm pulling what's left of my hair out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and that's you can see how little of my hair is left. <laughs> well, um, that's why he started growing a beard. He has to keep up with it. Exactly, <laughs> needs need something else to pull out. And once once a week is uh, is really good. I mean, yeah. January February, I cannot tell you, has been absolutely insane. Do you have an agent? I do. Yeah. I do, okay. and she's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And her name is Randy Cole. Randy Cole represents. All right. Plug. And if I owe, you, you, if I owe you money, please don't call her. <laughs> uh, call <Did> me. <laughs> um, how long did you rep yourself before you got representation? I've always – I've been pretty fortunate. Here's a great story, right? When I first moved to New York, I've got this portfolio of kind of like crazy fine art kind of portraiture stuff that I had from college. And, you know, it's like prints and – I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get an agent. I met this woman who decided to take me on as an agent, who's still an agent and very successful. And uh, she goes, all right, well, we're going to give you a chance here. And I was like, okay, I got an agent. This this is easy. <laughs> so she got me this my first gig for, it could have been TV Guide. I can't remember, one of these kind of TV-type magazines. And it was shooting in Hollywood and... I flew out to LA. I'd only been in New York about four or five months. Um, I flew out to Hollywood and I go to the photo studio. I do this job. And uh, yeah, thank, thankfully, I kind of really wanted my lab to process the film. So at the end of the job, FedEx the film back to New York to get it processed. I, I didn't know the labs in LA and whatever. Um, meet a friend for lunch. Come out after lunch, my rental car's been broken into, my portfolio, my camera, my bag of clothes, everything I owned apart from my Jeez. passport and my ticket home <laughs> that were in my pocket <laughs> was stolen out of this rental car. Oh, so I get back to New York and I'm like, hey, I've done my first job. And my agent's like, brilliant, can I have your portfolio back? We've got to send it out. I'm like, eh. Yeah, give me a few weeks. And, but you, the film was out, though. You, I got the job done, but Ooh, I had yeah. no portfolio. And she was like, you know, Mark, you got no portfolio. How can I represent a photographer with no portfolio? Come back and see me when you get your portfolio yeah. together. Oh, but all my nags were in the UK. Yeah. You know, so it was like, you know, trying to communicate with my folks. Can you send this box? Can you send that? Wow. Can you go through this? But there was no way I was reproducing that. Right. That now it's digital. You just yeah, about to say know, different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So have you seen that portfolio show up in auction anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did that force, uh, or not force, but bring about maybe a, a style change or, or brought, a change in your that, work or that something like that? That brought about photo assisting. Yeah, I had to live. That brought uh, about you know I hadn't assisted before that. It's hard to imagine nowadays that 
not physically having a portfolio would be a, like a, a roadblock to work. It's like know. if you have your phone, you've got your portfolio. Correct. You essentially, yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's crazy. But what about stylistically? Because you know, you're you, I don't know if you want to if I should say this, but you're you know you're kind of known for these uh, these you know tight shots. And was there a, an evolution to get to there, or was there a breakthrough moment, or how did that come about? You know, it's interesting. I've been thinking about that more and more, where that came from, mm-hmm. how that came about. And I can't find a, an answer that works apart from to say, I just love people's faces. Yeah. I love faces. I, lo- I just, and I want to see them. And be looking through that camera and being super, super close, mm-hmm. I can really look at your face in a way that I can't do talking to you because you'd think I was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so very the clo- true. So yeah. the closer I can get, I'm hiding. I'm like, wow, you know, like every... How close are you when you're shooting these? Smelling distance. Smelling distance, <laughs> eh? If you All can't right. smell the camera, then... You have a tricky thing to do that because getting close to, especially for portraiture, it's very easy to destroy the person's face. I mean, just make them look (laughs) awful. But you... Have you, I very, very... Have you ever used a Leica lens? (laughs) 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 But I'm just saying, at a distance, so, I mean, you know, you start, destroy the nose, starts getting... And you seem to be able to straddle that point pretty well where if you get a millimeter closer, it's just not going to work anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely I tend to creep closer and closer. I'm not going to start by putting a camera right up into your face because, you know, but it's a creep thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially working, you know, when working with... And I, I know a couple of people are going to, if they listen to this, are going to laugh. They're just, Mark, get, pull back, pull back. <laughs> um, Have you had any, like, you know, uh, do your subjects say, uh-uh? Nah. No? I don't uh, think so. Yeah, okay. And what about when uh, you want If they do, yeah. I'll say, I can get closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, 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 I, I just feel if, I, if I'm like six feet away from you, I mean, I'm, I mean, what are we like? Yeah. Two and a half feet, right? Yeah, two and a half now? feet, right, so a meter, as they say, right, so, on the other side. So yes. we're, so we're in like good conversation. Yeah, right. Closer my, than this, it gets kind of, you my, know. My camera's be about here. That's mm. no big deal. Yeah. And what lens? You're talking uh, about on the medium format. On the like medium a, format, like, like a 120 yeah. or the the hundred. Okay. Uh, I think transfers to like an 80 on mm-hmm. 35. Um, so I'm not. It's not in your face, in your face, but it's it's conversation wise because. It's always a conversation. I mean, I'm always putting the camera down and looking right, at right, you and right. lifting it back up uh, and talking through it. So it's 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 always it's always it's not. I, I, I don't I don't think. It, I mean, yeah, you hear, oh, you're awfully close. And I'm like, mm, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what troubles me more than that? What, what gets, what gets me uncomfortable about that kind of a distance is being able to focus my eyes. I mean, I, I, I wear reading glasses. I could see great, like right now we're about three feet apart. You're mm-hmm. fine. You get closer to me, you're going to start getting blurry. And when it gets closer than that, just it's hard for me to just maintain a concentration because I can't focus on you without putting glasses on. Right, right, so right, right. that's how I would... That's how I would react if you got in my face with a camera. It's like I can't really look. I have to pull back yeah. just to be able to look yeah, back. But, yeah, but you're you're you're. Um, just, just, yes, I, know, I understand. <laughs> visual reference. Uh, you, your your hand. You're holding a, a, your hand about a foot from your face. I'm never going to be that close. I'm going to be a couple. Yeah, of but feet. the thing is, if you, I always hold my hand a foot away from my face when I talk to people. So that <laughs> no, <laughs> makes it easy on them. <laughs> well, on the technical side though, too, when you're shooting that close, how hard is it to even hit focus? 
Like, because you're shooting open for a lot of your shots, right? I have not that great a record for super, super sharp. You have a few portraits, especially the Graflex series, where there's nothing in focus. I think Sean Connery, <laughs> he's, he's out of focus all the time, and it's a great picture. So, you, by the way, being sharp and being in focus does not necessarily make a picture better. Sometimes it's was not it, better. Was it Cartier-Bresson, uh, focus as a bourgeois concept? It's just a suggestion. Or let's go Julia, Julia Margaret Cameron with yeah. who's to say what should be in focus. focus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, if, if, if the eyes, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, I meant to put that out of focus. I'm trying to get the eyes sharp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm not willing to give up on something which is a which I think is a great portrait because the eyes aren't tack sharp or because mm. something I else is tack sharp. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you look at it, and you go, eh, mm. and sometimes you, you know what? I love that sharp enough. And for example, on, on a shoot where you know you're going to try or you're going to get in tight with those catch lights and, yeah, and the yeah. whole thing, do you uh, is that? Decided ahead of time. Nah, I just always do it. You just do it, and then you'll do some just other stuff. Maybe yeah. in case the trying director, want, creative director, try, wants trying to arrange. Yeah. Trying, trying to arrange. Okay, depending on the time. And, and also, like you know, people got you know, you you take 30, 40 pictures. So let's do something else. Right. You get some different energy. Right. You know, right, right, right. what format do you prefer? Because you start up with eight by ten, or as you say, ten eight, and medium format. And you also are a Leica ambassador, which means you're shooting. Is it thirty five millimeter Leica, or are you shooting the medium format? Both. Both. Both, both, both. What, what is a deciding factor when you're going to do a portrait? What format? Because the format changes the picture enormously. A lot depends on how much they're paying me, whether they get to see the big camera or the little camera. Really? Nah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but like is cost, the little like is cost as much as the big camera. No, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if this works in any kind of way of making an analogy, but it works for me, so maybe it'll work for you. If I've got a Stradivarius right now mm -hmm. and I'm playing in this room... You better not bust it up. <laughs> um, you're going to hear a beautiful violin, right? right? But if I have like a non-Stradivarius and I'm playing it in this room, you're going to hear a beautiful violin. If I go to Carnegie Hall with a Stradivarius and the acoustics are right, and everything is right, and that place is built to, to, to maximize the sound coming out from this violin, then the Stradivarius is going to blow you away. So the Leica Media format, if everything is right, if I, the light is right, if I have the time to shoot, if I have the, the patience and I have the right subject, then that will blow anything else out of the water. Does that make sense? And you'll make the decision on, on site? Depending, mm, I just sometimes know that it's not it's not worth yeah. it's not worth taking the medium format because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have the time or now, listen. Don't get me wrong; it's a very easy camera to shoot. Click, click, click. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But it's uh, it's 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 more. I think it's more about how I feel about. What's going on? I mean, uh, what I love about the mirrorless and the, the new mirrorless cameras and the Leica SL is uh, this ability to kind of move my focus point. Mm -hmm. You know, for you got to think for twenty years, the only setting on a camera I changed was my aperture because I was shooting at one two five for strobe, and the ISO was you know film the film was you know telling me my ISO. The only the only 
thing that I had to play with was Aperture, right? right? So I was like, wow, it's we got got a camera with features. I'm like, features? <laughs> features? <laughs> what features do you need? You got shutter speed and ISO and, and, and Aperture. But now I love the features. You know, the, 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 the kind of move up to focus and, you know, um, ap- uh, you know expo- exposure preview and, and uh, uh, you know, um, being able to make it darker. <laughs> 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 Enough of these technical terms. Right? <laughs> uh, but so I've really I've really began to, d- to dig this and I've really began to begun to be able to kind of like talk through my shots more. And almost have the, the camera be very automatic and, you know, just be able to, to, oh, I can shoot more with this. I can shoot differently like this. So I, I, I've jumped on it and I'm really, really enjoying it. But in saying that, when I pull the Leica S out of the bag and I just, I really feel I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm king of my... My little my my little underwear for that moment. So when you're talking, I mean, when you are shooting somebody, you are talking to them usually. Oh yeah, the and you're usually handheld. You usually stop handheld. Shite. With this? Yeah. Uh, yes, always handheld. Never yeah. use tripod. Okay, All right. never use tripod. Really, so shoot, never shoot, talk. Put the camera down or hold. Or talk down. through. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And you know, also when you talk. Like if you go to camera and talk a little muffled, they can't quite hear what you're saying, which kind of gets you away with saying <laughs> something. Else. And then like the people behind you kind of start laughing because yeah, they can't right. believe you've said that. And then they think, no, oh, that must have been funny, and they, they start laughing. Laugh. And then you, you know, you, chopped, you get away right? with murder. Right. Well, what, right. I want to go back to your tripod thing. I think it's interesting that you don't use a tripod. I work both ways, depending right. on what's going on. But you're saying you don't use it. What is it about a tripod that restrictive? Really? Yeah. Okay, I mean, you, you put something on a tripod. It's like you, you, you uh, listen. If I'm doing a four by five or an eight by ten portrait, then that's a whole. Different, oh, you're a wuss! Come on, you draw the line thing. there. Come on. If I'm shooting slower than a two fifty. No, the reason why I'm um, asking is that I know that uh, uh, again with portraiture, dialogue and conversation and, and interaction is really really important. I always found that specifically for portraits, if if I get where I want to be. I'd rather just have the camera sit there and like that. I could just maintain my own dialogue. But again, no, it's just yeah, a different it's style. Defi- yeah. No, I'm definitely more moving and angles and keeping you off guard mm-hmm. with my moves. Ankle breaker. What about uh, eyeglasses? And when you shoot with someone with eyeglasses and trying to handle the, those lights. Yeah, Woody Allen had some strange green glares coming at him. I love it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, listen, it's like, it's like if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's fine. If you think it's wrong, it's wrong. It's fine. I, I just. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. I think it looks cool. It adds to the picture. Um, you know, I photographed somebody super recently, um, and she uh, has a pair of glasses for set that have no lenses in them mm-hmm. because she doesn't like reflections in her lenses when, when she's photographed. And I photographed it and I retouched the image and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, wow, this looks so weird. What is wrong with this? What's wrong with this? And I dropped a tiny little hint of a pretend reflection uh-huh. across that- across her eye uh, in, on the top of the eyeglasses just under where it would be, but, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's, that's right. Hmm. So, you know... It, there's no right or wrong yeah. in this space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but you do most of your own retouching. Sometimes you send it out, and, and how do you decide, and how does that work? I've been, I, I shared an office for many, many years with a guy called Joe Girardi at Q Studios, mm-hmm. who is undoubtedly one of the 
most talented photo retouchers in this business. He is, his ability is is beyond my wildest dreams. And I shared an office with him and I was, I, I, I'm going to call him a mentor here and he's going to laugh if he ever hears <laughs> this because I would say that he would have thought I was more of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, how do you, how do you, if you... And uh, he's he's such a kind, warm, and generous human being that the poor guy has actually over like ten or ten years of sharing an office taught me how to retouch. Mm. So I had a brilliant base line of how to do things. I'm not going to say right or wrong because there's a billion different ways, but how to do things in a way that work. Um, now I think that I've got to a reasonable standard and what I can do in half a day, Joe or any other really good retoucher right. will probably knock out in an hour. Um, I like giving it out because it's done yeah. and I'm not obsessing over it. Whereas if it's me, I'm not, it's never finished. Right. It's never right. finished. Right. Hey, it's finished and then you open it the next day and go, oh, it's not finished. Mm-hmm. So, um, how does that work? Uh, budget plays a part. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if we have budget, I'm always going to give it out. Just mm-hmm. please let somebody else do this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be a total pain in the ass with it. And it's going to come back and I'm going to mark it up. Yeah. It's not going to be right. And then I know, I, you know, I've been on both sides of that. So I know that that's hard. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just like if I want it a certain way, I'm just, I'll do it myself. Right. And when you say budget, you don't say this is my fee and that's that. I mean, whatever whatever it takes you'll, to make the job happen, you're usually flexible or? Yeah, I'm totally flexible. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have to be. You have yeah. to be you this day and age. I'm not going to do something I don't want to do for no money. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do something I don't want to do for a lot of money. Right. Or something you want to do. Something yeah. I want to do, I'll do for no money. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 day by day. Yeah. And genuinely, my attitude, and, and you know, if, when I get on set and I know that I'm earning uh, $40 or, what should I say, 400 or 4000 or 40000 whatever it is, my attitude when I get on set that day, I really like to make it. I'm here. I'm here because this is what I've agreed to do. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to produce what the best I can today. Okay, we're going to take a short break from traffic and weather. And we'll be back with Mark. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the B&H Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at bhphotovideo, hashtag bhphotopodcast. Okay, we are back. Um, John, you have a question here. About- Do you work uh, often with the same makeup people, same designers, uh, stylists? Love, love or- to if I can. Yeah. You know, it used to, I think, I think you know, the, these things change now as uh, celebrities and uh, people of stature have very much want to have more control of their own imagery. So, mm-hmm. you know, as well as that being a, an advantage for me, for me, because maybe they'll request me. They're also like, hey, this is the makeup artist I want. This is the stylist I want. Yeah. And a magazine or some kind of editorial is not going to fight them on that. Mm-hmm. So, And you're um, all, you know, the, the flip side is you're not going to get pushed back if they don't like your idea. Well, it was his or her idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then again, it was your creative yeah. aspect at the same time. But yeah, I love working with the same people. I love that. I love the on-set camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I love being on set. Yeah. I love working as a team. And I, I, it's, it's really satisfying. Um, more and more so recently, I've been trying to pare down, mm. see how, how, what do I actually need to accomplish this and 
what what am I trying to create? Well, I'm trying to create some kind of communication between me and my subject, some kind of moment. And do I need all this to do this? And how's if if I get rid of this and get rid of that and get rid of this, is it affecting the actual end product? And mm. I find that a lot of the times the answer is no. So um recently going with one assistant, mm-hmm. you know, minimal lights, um, kind of trying to to make it as intimate as possible, build like, you know, if there's a lot of their people there, yeah. kind of build a Little kind more. of area where it's just, you know, they're not looking at their publicist or, mm-hmm. or their agent or, you know, the makeup artist will be hovering and say, hey, do what you got to do and then step back. Right. You know, so I can get that intimate communication. What about camera-wise now that you're pouring down? How are you narrowing down what you're putting in your bag? Well, I'm not much of a lens guy, so I don't have a lot of lenses. Uh, I, I try and stick with the same lenses um, because I know them. Right. Um, I really know them, and I'd prefer to take a couple of steps forward, a couple of steps back. On the SL, I've been using a 28-90 zoom. God, is that right? 45? I don't even know. I'll look it up. Um, it's the, the SL, the Zoom for the SL. And um, I'm not, wasn't a big fan of Zoom lenses because you were kind of felt that I was compromising, you know, lens quality for speed. But I That's found. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, with but, the, yeah. A lot of lenses. But this lens is just like, I don't care if I'm at, you know, wide, uh, you know, as wide as it can be or zoom to 90. I'm still super happy with all the shots across the board. So that's been really, really good for me. But the 120 portrait lens on the S is my uh, my nirvana, my my absolute go-to. If that's, it's the most comfortable thing I have. I, I know it the best. I, I understand it the best. And, you know, what's weird as, as well is to, to, to bring it back around to kind of post-processing, if you know your lens and you know your camera and you, you know how that file's going to be, it really shortens your post-production time because you know what it's going to do. You know how the colors are going to behave. You know what's going to happen. You take red out, you put red in, or, or you know you know how much you know you can dodge and burn without starting to mess with the, the pixels. So I found that using the same or a similar lens and a similar camera for most of what I do is help me speed up my post-production. Yeah, you mm. can carry this through to the last thoughts Correct. we had about talking about working with the same people all the time. Correct. It's the same thing. When you're out there with the same people often, there's less explaining, there's less dialogue because you're working as a team. That I mean, they know what you're doing, you know how they're thinking. So it's the same process. So if you have 100%. the same people in the same gear, your job's going to go easy because you can actually concentrate on taking the photograph, which 100%. is why you're there. Yeah, and that's why on these smaller jobs, I've really pared it down because that's what I want to focus on. You nailed it. It's like I want to focus on this. And you know what? If I don't have all this stuff. All the distractions. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, sometimes mm, options are not good. Correct. Mm. And is there anything that um, that takes you out of, let's say, that comfort zone? I mean, does that do you find uh, inspiration in that? Let's say we were going to talk a little bit about environmental portraits or, or when you're when you're not in the studio and you have everything else going on around you, how do you approach that? Do you want to eliminate some of that now from your, your workload? Or? I look at people who do great environmental portraits mm-hmm. and I am green with envy. Mm. There's, there's not a lot of photography that I'm envious of. I mean, there's a lot that I respect and admire. But there's not a long go, 
gosh, I wish I could do this better. Mm -hmm. And that environmental portrait is something which still I try and I look in and I'm thinking, but it doesn't mm -hmm. come naturally. What what aspect of it? Yeah, what is, stands in the what way? are you banging your head against? Trying to, trying to, trying to make. <sighs> is it the concept? No, it's just, it's just. You know, I can, I can, I can get, I can go into the room or the situation and pick the right place for everything to be. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's not like, oh, I can't see what looks good. It's, it's trying to make that person fit in the room, like somebody like Annie does. I mean, Annie's mm -hmm. environmental portraits are just like mm -hmm. mind blowing to me, and I've just, I'm practicing. I'm, I'm trying. Maybe you need a different <laughs> lens or a different camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also gets to, we were going to talk about your lighting setup yeah. too. Are you shooting continuous or strobe at this point? Uh, mostly continuous if I can. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes strobe is just all. Is this yeah. LED when you say continuous? Yeah. Okay. LED. I use a company, um, they're out of the UK called uh, Rotolight. Mm -hmm. um, and the light is beautiful. It's very, it's extremely consistent. Are you um, shooting like a one light setup for a lot of them? Because it seems like in the catch lights, it seems. That yeah, way. I mean, I, I'm if I can do it in one light, I'll definitely do it with one light and a mm. full card. Um, sometimes two. Um, once again, if the clients, if I need to impress the client, I'll bring out three. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or four. Just carry two in a mirror. You could fool them. Exactly. Um, no, I, I love the continuous light. There's something, something about the you know digital capture with digital lenses on to digital capture that is so sharp and so so phenomenally correct, and uh, how well the lenses have been corrected between Apple and you know how uh, how perfect the image is that when you mix that with continuous light for me that gives a little bit of something back mm. to a feeling of film in a way because you can't shoot as fast there right. is movement there is camera shake there is something a little different mm. so I've, I've been trying to balance these two out which i enjoy very much i also like seeing what i'm shooting when i'm shooting it instead yeah. of strobe it's new. That's, this is all new to me the last few years. Mm -hmm. I used to be strobe, strobe, strobe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that your interaction with the subject too is a little bit different now that you're not firing Definitely. a light straight in their face? Definitely. They don't know what I'm shooting. Yeah. I mean, the SL is super, super quiet. So people are, are you shooting? I'm like, no. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the S is a clunker. So people know when it's yeah. clunk. Um, but, yeah, there's something nice about that. You know, not feeling dizzy after like a hundred strobes. I right. definitely like that. Less blinks too. Yeah, right? there's a, the huge advantages with not having the strobe and being able to shoot a little more at the off moment, yeah. and not having your subject know exactly when you fired or when you're gonna fire, or taking a couple of frames fast. Yeah, definitely. there is something assaulting about, it, especially if you're in a longer shoot. And you are the subject, not as much if you're the photographer because it's not right at you, but if you are having your picture taken with strobes and that thing has been going, well, bang, 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 yeah. it is assaulting in a sense. It, there is an assault where it's continuous light. You're just there. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about some of the uh, the moving image projects you've been working on? And Ooh. Is that... Uh, it's a, a, super a, exciting. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's super, super, super exciting, super scary. Um, 
really being thrown back to, wow, I have no idea what I'm doing, mm -hmm. um, enjoying it. Um, one thing I don't like about it, and I'm trying to work out how to work it, and I think I think this will come together for me more as I start working with this people consistently again, mm. is I don't like not holding the camera. Mm. Um, so when I'm directing, I want to be holding the camera. It's really weird whether this camera has become like a, you know a safety blanket or something, yeah. but. Yeah. You know, it's, I want to. I want to be holding the camera. I want to be making the frame, mm -hmm. um, and it's hard not to do it. And been working with a couple of good guys recently, camera ops and DPs that have been like indulging me, saying, "Okay, Mark, hold the camera for yeah. a minute, and then we'll do it." <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, Mark. You can try the steady you cam. It. You can touch it. You, you can try the steady cam. Okay, yeah. thank you. Cool. <laughs> um, and was it? Is, are you mostly referring to the the Life of Man project? Or is, did that was that? No, life I mean, of, that was, life, that life was of still man. in. Yeah, moving, Life of Man. Right? I, I did all the the the, the cam work, but uh -huh. a couple of commercials I've done recently. Okay. I did a, I did a thing uh, recently for Rob Report, um, which had a lot of drone flying. Oh, cool. So um, I taught myself drone photography, mm -hmm. which... Yeah, so this is how you're getting out of your comfort zone. These are the new things you're trying yeah, to... Yeah, push it. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 cool. I don't have a comfort zone. Yeah. Well, this is... But wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not like I know I'm going to be successful. Everything is, is, every person is a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's not a secret sauce that works across the board for portraiture, yeah. right? No, but you're taking a basic formula that has worked for you in the past and you're using that as your base. Yes, but also you, sometimes it's like, I have no idea why this photograph isn't working. My light's right. where I think it should be, the camera's where I think it should be, the subject's looking good, and it's not working. And that, you know, it you know, and that is always a distinct possibility. Sure. And it's always a problem you have to solve pretty quick. Especially when the, when, it's, when the clock is ticking and you're there and it's all happening. Right. It's why, real time. Why, is this, why is this not working? Can you put your finger though on what it is that says to you it's not working? Not always, but what I have learned is not to flog a dead horse. Move on. Yeah. Let's try that light somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, uh, let's, so let's, let's so move in, over here. In this case, something technical, it would be. Uh, it's not so much technical. It's just for some reason, something's not, Hard. you know, and also you're, you're dealing be. with a person. I mean, do you, Correct. how often do you find yourself just not able to make that connection with this person Never. that you're with? Very, very rarely do I not manage to, um, get on some kind of level with this person and make them see me as a human being and interested in me for long enough for me to get a picture. And often humor is the way in. I mm. like humor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can all, always use, I mean, you know, I photographed Trayvon Martin's dad. Mm -hmm. There's no humor. No. You do, know? do you research before at time to check yeah, out? Yeah, I'd like people? to know, I like to know a little bit about who I'm photographing, but the worst is, you know, I've seen, I've seen people like, you know, read a Wikipedia page or something or, you know, and then they ask you and you can just see this person go, Oh, I see you spent three seconds on my Wikipedia page. Mm. So never, never kind of, never kind of do that. And I, I never, it's never information I would use to kind of prove to that person that I knew a bit about them. And I'm going to ask you what you had for breakfast. You know, I'm going to yeah. ask you how your car journey down to the studio was. No. Um, if I know you've got kids, I'll say, how are the kids? You know, or how old are your kids? Now? You know, mm. that kind of thing. Right. 
because that's, you know, that's conversation. It's like, oh, you know, oh, I, I loved you and so and so. I asked Jennifer, my, my opener for Jennifer Aniston was, are you guys going to do another season of The X-Files? <laughs> and she goes, uh, that's good. That's a good one. funny guy. Right. And I got that smile. Yeah. 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 Listen, that can go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. I mean, yeah. I've been on the edge with that a few yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> Just being on, sitting right on that edge where, you know, you, you, you should stop digging right now, Mark, right. and right. You know, back out of this one. It's nice to know when you actually hit that edge yeah. and you could pull back. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've definitely, definitely been there. And you should try and get there. You, you yeah. know, you should. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying be inappropriate because you shouldn't be inappropriate you should not be disrespectful and if you're going to be disrespectful be disrespectful of yourself make that yeah that thing yeah um yeah. but never use that person as humor never ever ever use anybody else on set as humor i mean i've been in the situation as a photo assistant where the photographers kind of used me as a joke and like nobody's yeah. nobody's nobody's impressed with that yeah. and you know, it's like you, people look at you by how you treat other people. It's very, it's a, it's a very uh, this job is a very social, social social uh, um, experiment. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. sometimes. Cool. Yeah. Always shoot F two if you want any technical advice. Say again. <laughs> Always shoot F two. Oh, okay. F two will make a joke. That's all you need. Right? I'm, I'm not sure what F two is, but apparently <laughs> it's important. That's where you go. If, if you're shooting 10-8, you've got a problem. I'll tell you right now. So, <laughs> so there, there's a, a shot of Michael Shannon, the actor, on your website where there's some slight movement to Ooh, that. Love is, that. Yeah. yeah. How did how, you do that? Um, I think I was flipping through the interwebs mm -hmm. and uh, was kind of looking for a way to do something. Mm -hmm. you know, one of these days that and i saw some talk about uh volumetrics mm -hmm. and thought, oh it'd be fun to kind of kind of use some of this and try and make one of my stills come, come to life a yeah. little bit so mm -hmm. worked on it for a while i'm definitely not the first to do it i'm not mm -hmm. claiming it mm -hmm. but um with a with a friend of mine who's a bit of an after effects god yeah um kind of worked out this system for creating these. Um, and they're just super cool. Yeah. They're yeah. fun and weird. And what's weird about it is it's, it's, it's got to be a really high quality still or else it looks like a movie. But because if it's really high quality, like a still, people are like, oh, how, how do you do? It doesn't yeah. look like a movie. Mm -hmm. So that's what's kind of fun about them. I'm actually looking into... Um, Taking this another stage further, using some um, laser tracking mm -hmm. to create the depth. Well, Something you're going to see soon. Watch this. Any space. program names you can mention? Um, after Effects. Is I mean, it After Effects? Oh, okay. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the work is done in After Effects. Okay. I mean, you know, look up Depth Mask. Okay. Uh, if you want to work out how to do it, look up Depth Mask, Volumatrix, uh, uh, Dominatrix, no, <laughs> uh, Depth Mask. Um, you know, you, you, there's lots of different techniques out there. Mine is not particularly. Uh, 
um, um, groundbreaking, but it's time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> it and starts with a single frame. Yeah, they're all single frames. So going the other way, you do this. You have this Graflex project. Uh, always, 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 yeah. always shooting my Graflex. Mm -hmm. um, there's something about. Uh, I think in life, you uh, you know, you always have to find things that ground you. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, could talk a lot about, you know, going home to Scotland, and uh, you know, seeing some of my old friends and like. Oh, uh, you think you're a big shot now? You live in New York, <laughs> don't you? Think you're fancy? Well, you're not. You're just like us. And that is super, super grounding when you go home and you see a lot of people and they just, you know, you, you just brought back to where you are and who you are and who you came from. Mm -hmm. And I think going to the Graflex for photography does that for me. It's, uh, it's super, super simple, super, super basic. You have aperture, um, you have a, a shutter speed, and you know you have light coming in and looking at it and you're not looking through the lens you're not looking through the lens <laughs> yeah. and uh it's it's grounding and, and if, if you want to incorporate that into a, a commercial job do you just kind of oh, ask been, first they, you know they ask the, me yeah, yeah, uh -huh. and i do everything in my power to say listen this lens is a hundred years old um there's no perfection you cannot guarantee anything it's very very tough to have people um, emoting because the shutter speed's slow. Yeah. So, yeah, let's do it, but within its limitations. Within its limitations. It's great within its limitations. And do you then, shoot Polaroid or film with that? Uh, by the way? I used to shoot a whole lot of Fuji. Yeah, yeah the FP100. FP100. Um, it's all gone. So, can't do that. So, shooting more film. Okay, because it has a Polaroid ish look about most lot, of the pictures lot, I've seen. A lot of them were okay. shot and, okay. and then scanned. And uh, now back to shooting film. What do you prefer, the film or the Polaroid? Which Polaroid. is yeah, okay. It uh, kind of lent itself to the kind of stuff that you're doing with yeah, the it. Kind was, of imagery. It's just beautiful. The uh, Jeffrey Berliner over at oh, the Remember sure. Foundation. Yes, and he sat in that very seat on several occasions. I mean, yes. if you want to talk about like wealth of knowledge, look up look up um, uh, Penumbra Foundation. Look up mm -hmm. Jeffrey Berliner. Mm -hmm. If anybody is interested in any kind of alternative processes or lenses or pretty much anything to do with photography from, from And you the did a workshop there recently, Yeah, no, I just taught a workshop there. Just happened. Yeah, okay. like Academy okay. Workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, cool. yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just grounding. Just, just to circle back there, it's just really, really grounding to work on that camera. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of speaking of Penumbra, we shot the, uh, the What is Photography series in, in their highlight studios upstairs, and I wanted to get to the quote that you uh, provided for us yeah. uh, when you sat for us, uh, and maybe we can use that to, to riff on some ideas about photography. So I'm going to just read it. Um, uh, this is Mark Mann on photography. My favorite part of photography is communicating with whomever I'm working. It's when I become who I am. I can be anxious during a shoot, but I don't tend to show that anxiety. If things are going well, I even have a sort of out-of-body experience, like I'm floating above the scene, looking down at all that is happening. The scene is calm, even if I'm not. Process is important, but when all is said and done, photography is looking at the past in a single image. Which, which the pull quote I we said used. that. Yeah, you said all that. Jesus, yeah. that sounds pretty good. It does sound good. I think yeah. you found it on Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, apologies but, if I stole that from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> now it's public. <laughs> yeah. uh, that no, actually but, is a very, that, that's a very powerful quote. Well, what I liked about that quote too is I mean, <laughs> so much is about the process, but then you kind of came back to this idea that 
what photography really is is something that is in the past. Correct. So not yeah. having to do with the yeah. process. You know? Totally. So, uh, totally. It's a, you, you, you are. You're documenting what's... You're do- it's, 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 it's over amazing. the moment it happens, it's, it's, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. done. Yeah. That's what's crazy about going back to look at old shoots. Mm-hmm. It's so done. It's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, definitely sometimes I'll go back and I'll see something that I didn't see in the edit, especially if it happens pretty fast, if the turnaround's pretty fast and I'm making quick decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, you know, torture for me is going back to look at old work. I'm going to I'm gonna be 25 years in New York, I think, the year after next, 2020. Um, and uh, I've been throwing about the idea of doing a 25 years in New York book vanity piece that mm-hmm. will obviously end up in the bargain basement then in Barnes and Noble <laughs> so hold out you'll be able to get it for two ninety nine. <laughs> the reason I've never done a book is I'm so scared of the bargain basement right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you walk past Barnes and Noble and you go to the bargain basement it's all these like photography books you're like yeah that's where mine will be <laughs> so I've, I've relented to the idea of doing this um and I've started to kind of plan it and talk to a couple of designers and people who are interested in helping me. And uh, the thing that's just as scariest is, is going back to look at the old images or, you know, people have ideas for this. Well, you know, uh, it'd be great if you could do like two images from every year. Mm. God, I want to go back and look at this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And all my, all my negatives are very nicely stored in my cousin's wine cellar in New Jersey. Really? Yeah, it's uh, it's that's where mine are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's been the problem. You're related to Phyllis, also. Yes, Jeez. Phyllis, Phyllis, I and I are close. Familiar. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's, it's climate controlled and it's a great storage space. So you know, we, I go out and see my cousins quite often, and I just know that they're down there. And I just, I'm not going today. I'm not going down today. Would you rather have somebody else put this together or do you want to do it? Because uh, I'm trying, listening to what you're saying right now. I really, really, really want to do it. I really, really want to do it. But I I don't, I, I think, I don't think it's something that somebody else, first of all, I can afford to pay somebody what it would cost for them to do it. Um so it's something I got to do myself, and I'll get on it. I'll get mm-hmm. my head around it. Do you think you're a good editor of your own work? Terrible, because that's that's a challenging, terrible, thing. terrible editor. Because and and you know I know why. It's it's not deep. It's uh, something happened when I took a particular photo. Mm-hmm. Maybe they said something funny, or I thought, wow, that was great, and that's the photo that's for me. But if you weren't there and mm-hmm. you didn't hear it, then exactly. it means nothing to you. So. Uh, so you can't be objective can't looking be objective, at your own work. Okay. It took me a long time to get there. Yeah. I think I'm pretty good at it now, but I know for a lot of photographers, I think it's rough. I think I'm good at knowing what I should be delivering to the client. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's that. No, you give you say, them a good tight edit. Yeah. I okay. Th- yeah, I think, and then let yeah. them play from there. But for me, like choosing that one image, mm-hmm. I'm always probably going to choose an image that doesn't work as well without an explanation of why I've chosen it, mm. which is not really for me what photography is. Yeah, often once so, you have to explain yeah, something. Yeah, so, I let, so very often. Now, my um, wife um, is being in photography business for almost as long as I have, um, uh, starting off as a photo editor, photo director, director of photography, VP of whatever, um, and she is an incredible edit- editor, and she's brutal. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't abuse this, but often I'll say, hey, mm-hmm. can you look at this? Right. 
and then we'll fight over it. And she'll say, well, don't ask me if you don't want to hear what I think. <laughs> but she's brittle, but I know she's right. Yeah. And, mm. and, you know, she'll say, I'm choosing this because. I'm getting, but look at the one where right. it's had. Right, and she's right, like, right, doesn't right. work. Right. Move on. I uh, love it. So I, I do have help in that direction. That's important to yeah. be able to do, just be able to swallow and let other people do yeah. things and like I, that. And I don't abuse it. I, yeah. I, you know, and, you know, send selects. You know, we all know. If you send ten pictures and there's one that you don't like, that's a, that's you huge. know that's going to be the one. Mm-hmm. So don't don't, don't send it. And you know? usually just send the one or no. two or I what do you do? I, I mean, I it depends I, on the I job. I'm yeah. not that divaish. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, we took a hundred photos or whatever. There's there's twenty five that are acceptable. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to send them a hundred pictures, and no. they don't want to no, see a hundred. But I don't want to be like, this is the only three that mm. work. It's like, here, here's here's a dozen. You know, what'd you like? And then, you know, people that I've worked with more, sometimes people come back and say, hey, Mark, we like where that was going. Is there any more where you haven't cropped the top of his head? <laughs> <laughs> or is there any more where we could see a little <laughs> bit of background? <laughs> oh, the ones where I pulled out? Yeah, okay, I'll send them over. <laughs> I want to talk a bit about the Life of Man project, if that's all right, because it's that is about the most incredible idea and opportunity oh maybe I, I mean how long ago was it now uh 14 2014 2014 okay yeah. so just to kind of summarize Esquire was turning 80 mm-hmm. and they wanted to show the life of man so they wanted uh one one-year-old one two-year-old one three-year-old all the way up to 80 and i get called in to um and not just any i mean most of them are pretty famous most yeah. of them are pretty famous yeah. and it's, it's really interesting actually I think that project is going to be is beginning to be more interesting now. Is sadly some of these like Robin Williams passed away, Marl Haggart passed away. So yeah, so you know you get a call from a magazine that you've worked for, that you admire, that you respect, that you've read as a kid, and they call you in, and you know it's something interesting because not only is a creative director there, but the editor in chief is in this meeting, and you know David Granger, uh, who I got to know a little bit, was. I mean, he was just David Granger mm-hmm. and I'm sitting, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had a career as a photographer, but I'm sitting in an office with like the editor-in-chief yeah. of uh, of Esquire and the creative director about to tell me something important. It was, you know, well. electrifying. We wanted to photograph 80 guys, um, one of every age. We're going to reach out to everyone from Clinton to Bradley Cooper to Robert Redford to da da da, da. And I'm starting to think, is this is this a prank? <laughs> you know, and we wanted to do it in your style, Mark. We want you to to do what you want to do. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna take maybe a year, mm-hmm. and then that's pretty much gonna be the main feature in our 80th anniversary. It's gonna be the cover, and can you do it all for a budget of thirty six dollars and eighty four cents or whatever it was? Plus, <laughs> you did ask for lunch, right? For lunch, okay. But no, but it was the most, you know, it was electrifying, and it was. It was, it was just. It had to be incredibly satisfying to be recognized to do something oh of that caliber. They called you in. Yeah, it was just everything I could have dreamt of, and it's not like it's not like it was. Oh, I'm done. It was like, wow, what what can I do now? What what yeah. can I possibly do? Um, and it was amazing. It was an amazing, amazing year. And would they call you in? Okay, was it set up? To at your studio, different locations. No, there. I traveled I mean, all over the country to go to these and, jokes, and, Yeah, and it was it was pretty difficult for them to do production wise because if you think about it, it was only one of each age, right? Mm-hmm. So they were never going to send out two letters to a forty eight year old, right? Mm-hmm. They were sending out one because they couldn't, you know, 
for instance, uh, Obama, I think, was 51 that year. Um, so, you know, they sent out to Obama. They weren't going to ask another 51-year-old. Right. And the president <laughs> doesn't get back to you immediately, you know. So there was this kind of, oh, well, you know, like a ABC people, mm -hmm. but... I think like 90% of the A's said yes. The only people... And they had were, to be the age when they were publishing the magazine too. So they had to kind of look ahead. I think so, yeah. Like yeah. I can't yeah. quite remember. Or, yeah. yeah, when the magazine came, came out. out right. So I think it was, you know, I think the only one is like Obama at the time. Um, I mean, it's, it's it sounds ridiculous now with politics as they are, but was being demonized a lot for, you know, imagery of Obama was being used and they were turning him into the devil and... They were a little concerned about the ring lights in the eye mm -hmm. and oh, how, people yeah. would, how people may abuse that. So I was like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Yes, we'll do it. But that came so late that we'd already done Plan B, which was Woody Harrelson, mm -hmm. um, because we just didn't know. So he was the only one that we did two people of that, I see. Okay. Of that, right. of, of uh, that age. Interesting. But it was it was super fast. It would be like you'd get a call. Hey, Mark, uh, uh, Meryl Haggart's going on stage in Anaheim uh, on Tuesday. Uh, he'll 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 do the shot. He'll do the shot for you between the tour bus and the stage. Um, we've got to get you out to LA tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Three or four of the kids I shot were six-year-olds that had just become um, United States citizens. Ah, okay. So I went, well, uh, actually went to their ceremony, and after they finished the ceremony, I was set up in the judge's office behind. <laughs> that was beautiful. That's that was That's lovely. Great. That's great. That was really That's lovely. terrific. Interesting. Yeah. When you're setting up for a gig like that, what are you bringing with you? Well, I created a kind of rig. Um, funny you I used a tripod. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but there was there was a reason for that. Uh, they wanted every shot to be the same. They wanted the light to be the same. They wanted every. You guy. needed uniformity, so yeah. therefore, okay. So I set up a rig. I created a tripod, and on the tripod was uh, a little tether table where my computer was, and then on the other side was the camera and the ring, yeah. and it was it all fitted into like I could carry it. So I, I mean, some I would say. 20 or 30 of these I did by myself and no assistant. I mean, mm. not that it's such a big task, but, right. you know, it's some, you know, it's like when you, when you show up at Bradley Cooper's house by yourself, it's very disarming for everyone. He was going to do it in the the garage mm. and he said, are oh, you by yourself? Come on in the house. Mm -hmm. So we did it in the house, you know, you know, because it was just me and him. Right. Yeah. And like when his people see it's just me and him. Uh, okay, we don't, we don't have to, we can step back. So, you know, it's very disarming. It's great. And yeah. it was a really good lesson that sometimes just showing up by yourself with a camera and your basic equipment, you're going to get a little bit more intimate. So this is what I've been trying That's to push point. for the environmental stuff. Mm -hmm. Where I've been trying to do environmental stuff, people in their houses or people, whatever is, you know, a little personal project I'm working on um, is just, Super, super simple. I'm yeah. going by myself. I have my camera, a couple of lights. Let's see what happens. That's a good. That's a good point. We were talking about post production, and you know, you do something with the post yourself. Sometimes you send it out, but I mean, the goal ultimately is to make it look like there's no post has been done. Is that oh school yeah? Of thought? And, that and that's that's the art. Mm -hmm. That really is the art. Um, nobody wants to see anything that's overworked. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy now is that these these amazing filters on your phone that skinny you and yeah. make your eye. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Um, so I think there's a, a push from 
from uh, photographers to, to go back to a cer- certain realism. Mm. But let's be honest, sometimes realism is not that great. <laughs> so, and what, what kind of poster, what kind of touch-ups are you doing? Is it about making the person look a little better, removing blemishes? Is it lighting? Is it? Uh... I came up. I came up in the darkroom, so I spent hours and hours dodging, dodging and burning. And I had my little dodge and burn kit, you know, little pieces of fuse wire right, with right, different right. shapes on them <laughs> right. and cutouts. And right. so, yeah, so uh, a lot of what, what, what I'm talking about is I'm going to, I'm going to take something off your skin that wasn't there yesterday or two days ago. Like right. if you have like a, you know, pimple like a pimple or, right. you know, like a, a bruise or, or a zit or, whatever, or, yeah. or, or, you know, or Scratch, you know, cut yourself shaving, or you a know, tooth coming through your cheek, anything yeah. like that. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna take that out for you. I'm gonna try not to take out the things that you've earned on your face, mm. oh, your wrinkles, your mm-hmm. your uh, you know stuff Thank that you've you. earned. I'm gonna keep. Yes. Um, but what I am gonna do is try and enhance your features with dodging and burning. Would like to think that what I do could have been achieved by a master printer. Mm-hmm. In the dark room, so just a lot about lightning and darkening, shading and lighting, dark and darkening, lightning. Um, and if you guys look up, there's an uh, can maybe do a little research. You know, in, you know, I'm talking about the Avedon print that was sent to the printer, and there's maybe fifteen or twenty bubbles on it. Mm-hmm. No. Plus plus five, minus three, right. plus two, minus four. So you know, all stuff like that where where you you're literally just dodging and burning mm-hmm. ten hands. Mm-hmm. Listen, Photoshop makes it much much yeah. easier, and you know, and certainly certainly wasn't a master, um, you know, a darkroom printer. But but I printed, and that's that's how I came up. So when I'm doing talking about post, I'm talking more about that. Yeah. And do you get requests from the publicists or the people that are involved to say, you know, what make her look prettier, make him look younger? And yeah. do you do you follow yeah. suit, or you try to, or you yeah, let, the, let the them handle well, it? Where's the fight? I mean, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, you want sure I can do that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not. There's, there's, there's no. Uh, it's a photograph. Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody's yeah, yeah. paying you to do it, then I'm getting here. This is, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like. Well, I was just wondering if you did that yourself, or that would be something then would be that handled by the publication, or. Or whoever was going to publish it, yeah. all different ways. Yeah. I mean, sometimes somebody will somebody will request retouching in such a way that I'm never going to put on my personal site, yeah. or what what you see on my site is very different than what was published or what was bought. And I think that's that's my way of hey, this is what I would do, and this is what you would do. Yeah. I'm never going to give somebody a hard time if they want their client to look a certain way. I mean, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? cool. So as we wrap up, I, I just wanted to throw a couple names at you uh, mm-hmm. because you've shot, you know, it's kind of, it's a who's who. We all know that. But uh, some of my favorite people over the years, and maybe you have something to say about them, and if you don't, no okay. worries. But uh, I, I do want to start with George Carlin. Oh, my gosh. Uh, any, that was amazing. Any interaction with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, in a, it was in a hotel room, and it was in a, a, a ballroom, and I think MGM. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love these when you get there with your, your stuff and they say, is this space okay? And you're in like a 30,000 feet ballroom. <laughs> yeah, you're in a camera. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah this, this will be fine. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just that anticipation. You're ready and you're waiting, you're waiting and you're waiting. And, you know, and then you see somebody walk towards you and you go, oh, my gosh, George Carlin. 
And uh, and this was earlier in your career too. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So when celebrities still, well, wow, they still do. <laughs> okay, yeah. still wow. Yeah. And uh, I go and I shake his hand, Mr. Carlin. It's such an honor to meet you. And uh, he just pulls out a joker <laughs> out his top pocket and goes, "I'm ready." Yeah, that's and cool. I was like, "Oh my yeah, god!" Right George Carlin's just giving me this amazing show. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray was possibly the best <laughs> photographic experience or life experience so far from my kid being born that I've ever had. He, he was, has no filtration system. Everything goes, oh it seems, is what I'm gathering. God, he's just I think I'm I'm I think I'm over my career I've learned to be a pretty quick judge of character. I'm not saying good judge of character, but I, 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 I you know, I've learned. I've You're learned, here. I've, okay. I've, I've, I've learned pretty quickly which way you can go or what leads. And often I get to lead, mm. right? Even with A-lists or whatever, I, I lead. Yeah. Um, I know it's only going to be for a few minutes, but I'm leading. Right. Bill Murray, I had no idea where <laughs> to go, where to be, how to be what to do he had me so off kilter and in such lot i mean you i met the guy i shake his hand i'm saying mr murray so good to meet you dr murray to you <laughs> 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 that's funny and then a couple of minutes later i said all right uh mr murray let's say it. doctor call me doctor <laughs> and he didn't do it to anybody else but for the time that i was with him every time i said his name doctor <laughs> and then you know he I said, all right, so we're ready to shoot. Uh, there's a whole, this could go. I could tell right, the story right, for 25 right. minutes. Right. But we're basically, you know, at this point, I'm like, yeah, I'm with Bill Murray. Yeah, this is amazing, but i got to get a photograph. So I'm trying to coax him over into my little area uh -huh. so I can just get the <laughs> photograph. And he goes, mm, you know what? Let's, let's go over to my set first. I'm going to show you what I do at work. Too funny. And he takes me over to say he's making a movie in Brooklyn with, I think it was Melissa McCarthy at the time. I can't remember what the movie was. And uh, they're they're shooting a scene. And he takes me over and he has his arm around me and he's holding me pretty tight. And he's introducing me to everybody as we pass by as his special friend, Mark. <laughs> 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 I like the director of the movie. He's like, hey, this is my special friend, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, this is Mark, he's my special friend. <laughs> and you have no idea where to be or where to put yourself or how to play it or, or right, what to do. Right. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be, you know, calm. And so eventually, hey, hey uh, Bill, doctor. <laughs> doctor Mark, come on, let's get this picture. And he goes, okay. And he came over and he sat and he, he gave me exactly what I needed, exactly yeah. what I wanted. But I felt... Um, I felt like I'd known him my whole life. That's wild. And the last one I wanted to ask about uh, is somebody you shot for the uh, the Life of Man, and it is Robin Williams. And I know you did a little. There was a, a video as well, which I watched, and it's heartbreaking. I don't know if you remember what he said. Is it about the, uh, yeah about the future? Yeah, about his grandchildren. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, what can I say? Yeah. There's certain there's certain people. Um, there's certain people that have a, I think the way I, I describe it is it's almost like they're, they have a, a incredibly powerful light coming out of their forehead. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, 
it's 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 almost, it's more than an aura. It's more it's a presence. It's something. And when they when they turn and face you and they connect with you, you feel like a million dollars. And when they turn away, you you can feel yourself deflate. I've met three or four people, I think, or that have this. I mean, when he looked at you, he, you knew he was talking to you. And the, one of the first things he heard, I was Scottish. So he went into a very um, non, um, non-work-friendly uh, version of Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I, 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 I'm speechless. But then what was so amazing is that his ability to change to regional mm-hmm. accents. Or, you know, so then he went to Mel Gibson doing... Uh, Braveheart, <laughs> right? Which is somebody doing an accent, doing an doing accent, accent right, right. and it was spot on. And That's then he finished right. up with Billy Connolly, uh, like who's one of my favorites. And he was so spot on. It's like imagine a guy from Scotland being able to do South Boston and the Bronx, right? right with that kind of, you know, um, and he was just a light. He was just shiny. But, you know, it's funny when I look back at some of the pictures on that edit, I can see a certain little sadness there. Mm. Um, and it was just, yeah, it's Robin Williams. And I'm devastated that he was in so much pain that he did what he did. Mark, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. It's uh, really been a lot of fun, very informative, and uh, just great chatting. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And folks, F2. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Uh, and actually, there's, there's something else they need to know. If people would like to see all of the work we've just been talking about, website, Instagram, where should people be going to uh, see your work? And so everything is Markman Photo. So website's markmanphoto.com. Instagram is Markman Photo. Um, and, you know, please reach out. We'll reach out on Instagram. I, I love conversations. I love hearing what you're thinking. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love looking at your work. I love looking at, you know, young photographers' work. It's an inspiration. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm available. People were really good to me when I was coming up, um, and you know, happy to to try and give back and to to offer any words of wisdom I have <laughs> or things to avoid. Have to. That's gold. <laughs> if you are not a subscriber to the B and H Photography Podcast, what you're waiting for? Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, or Spotify and sign up. It is absolutely free. You can also find us on the B and H Explorer website and the B and H Photography Podcast Facebook group, which is now live and kicking. If you haven't seen it, go over, sign up, join us. We're having a lot of fun with it, and tell them Al sent you. For now, on the behalf of Jason, John, Corey, Mark, and myself, thank you so, so much for joining us today. 